I mentioned it's Parshat Mishpatim. And so as I think about this Torah portion, we read, laws, laws, and more laws are found in this Parsha. This is just after we took in the majestic wonder and value framework that is the Ten Commandments last week. Mishpatim, this body of laws, begins to make up now much more what becomes the 613 commandments or mitzvot. The Hebrew word for the body of Jewish law that these commands become, mishpatim, mitzvot, are synonymous. The next Hebrew word I want you to know is halacha, for the body of the law. The words derive from the Hebrew verb lalechet, which means to walk, implying that we have these commandments that are given to us to guide us as we make our way through life, as we make our way through the world. How do we govern our being to build a good community? Eliha mishpatim, the text says, these are the laws that are meant to guide your everyday action. And boy, do they go into detail. Some of the laws are obscure. They don't reflect how we walk in the world today. And so Judaism has always interpreted the law to make it reflect contemporary needs, holiness, and understanding. And so I'll remind you that Justice Stephen Breyer, who's retiring now, well, he was confirmed here at Congregation Emmanuel. His picture shines, uh, uh, hangs uh, proudly with his confirmation class on the fifth floor of our building. Other laws, though, are timeless. You shall not oppress a stranger, for you know the feelings of the stranger as you were strangers in the land of Egypt, exemplifies one such timeless law. And then there are laws like the one I'm about to share that make you stop and think about how the value underneath the commandments has deeper meaning today than one might at first think. Exodus 21, 28 states the following. When an ox gores a person, the ox shall be stoned and the flesh not eaten, but the owner of the ox is not to be punished. If, however, that ox is in the habit of stoning, of goring, and its owner, though warned, it lets it kill someone, the ox shall be stoned, and the owner, the text tells us, is punished as well. I want to consider that reality. An ox that is in the habit of goring and an owner needing to be warned to take responsibility for what he's letting happen in the world. I know we don't see too many oxen loose on the streets of San Francisco, but too much lately, even here, do we see people letting the ox of their hatred gore others. It's one thing now and then to have a crazy person say something hateful. It is another to habituate and normalize that hatred. It's what leads to actions like the attack on a synagogue in Texas. And so I tell you, whenever we encounter such hatred, the ox 
and the owner must be warned. You may have heard this past week, we received numerous emails from members telling us about the distribution of anti-Semitic literature on the streets of Pacific Heights, just a few blocks from here. The poster said, every single aspect of the COVID agenda that America is suffering from is Jewish. And blaming us both for the disease, for the spread of it, for the requirement to be vaccinated and to wear face masks. Now think about that. It argues that this is a Jewish cabal. How bizarre that in 21st century America to have the medieval anti-Semitic canard of the Black Plague being spread by Jews raise its ugly head again here in this beautiful city. And we can rightly fear that such behavior is at the risk of being normalized. For this same week, a member shared with me that as he was walking on Chestnut Street, he was accosted by a person yelling at him that Jews are stinking up the neighborhood. Now, I mentioned this during the same week that the world is commemorating International Holocaust Remembrance Day. And I mention this when we know also that we Jews aren't alone when it comes to being on the receiving end of being gored by the oxen of hate. Maybe you read two days ago in the San Francisco Chronicle that our fair city has seen a profound jump in hate crimes against Asian Americans from 9 in 2020 to 60 in 2021. The same article reported that anti-black hate crimes rose 27%, LGBTQ hate crimes 50%, and anti-Jewish 60%. This in liberal, tolerant San Francisco. And we know that what's reported is far smaller than what's experienced. We know that beautiful African-American young men, beautiful Hispanic young women are constantly profiled. We know that two women in love, holding hands, walking down the street, are taking a risk. We know that many Jews and Muslims, when they don their head covering, speaks as well. They go out knowing they're putting a target on themselves. And for we Jews, who on the one hand are told by some that, well, you're not really an ethnic group, that you have the privilege of passing the white ones among you. Well, we know that there is a soft anti-Semitism on the far left and a hard anti-Semitism on the far right, both gaining strength. The former challenges our right to nationalist expression, to Zionism, in Castro Valley last week, the Unified School District voted to hire, despite Jewish protests, the Liberated Ethnic Studies Organization to write the school curriculum for their children. This is a group that's anti-Zionist, that consistently demonizes the ADL and the JCRC. And that's who's going to write the curriculum. The other extreme puts out the leaflet 
and of course plan to do much worse. But we know it's there. And we know that such anti-Semitism is not new in America. Every year I teach the 10th grade about the American Jewish experience and I open up about Peter Stuyvesant greeting the very first Jews who come to this land, to this continent, in Manhattan, with an attempt to keep them out. He writes an anti-Semitic diatribe to his employers back in Amsterdam, the Dutch East India Company, proclaiming that we can't let these Jews come and infect this new society. He uses the word infect. But those Jews, Portuguese, Dutch refugees from Brazil, who've been living in Amsterdam, they were prepared to respond, to call out against the hatred. They knew about Stuyvesant's ox of hate, but they also knew about the levers they could pull to stand up against such behavior and warn the owner. So they stood up by Stuyvesant by pushing the Dutch East India Company to intervene, clarifying that many Jews back in Amsterdam were partial owners of their company. They were his employers. And so the company wrote a letter back to Stuyvesant, still an anti-Semitic letter, but they told him he had to back down and Jews could live here in freedom in their colony. Now, think about it. Those first American Jews didn't rely on hoping hatred would pass or on prayers, but also on action. When Jews have successfully stood up against hate, we've done so by calling it out by building alliances with like-minded people who understand that if we don't warn the owners of this kind of behavior, if we don't identify them and call them out and show them the way that they're following is not the path that we as people of value will accept as normal, then we hurt the entire fabric of our civilization. Well, we worked hard to make those alliances here in this beautiful city. I'm grateful for the note that Catherine Stefani, our representative, sent us from the city about her disgust of this kind of behavior in our part of the city. I'm grateful for the calls from the religious leaders who've reached out as well and have asked us to do something. And so I'm grateful to be able to engage, as I am today, with the Interfaith Council for a more robust interfaith response where we will speak louder with one united voice, warning those who allow their oxen of hate to gore that we see them and they cannot hide. Together, we'll be working on a series of bus ads to go throughout the city. We'll be working on a media campaign standing up against all kinds of hate. We'll be working on gathering religious leaders to go and gather in Chinatown with our AAPI brothers and sisters and be of support and protection and pride for them. And we'll bring them back as well to stand in the front of this building, God willing, bearing witness to our own vision, being guided by our values. And so let those values give us strength. And let us not be afraid to call out such hate wherever it rears its ugly head. With courage, with self-confidence, 
with each other, we can warn the owner of the ox and not allow this kind of behavior to be habituated, but to show a way of blessing and of hope and seeing the holy in each other. Amen. Shabbat Shalom.